This podcast is brought to you by the Islamic Center at NYU, located in New York City. For more information, visit our website at www.icnyu.org. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyil azim Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa nashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the universe, the Master of the Day of Judgment. I bear witness and testimony to the oneness of Allah, to His magnificence, His omnipotence, His might, His glory. To his being the creator and sustainer of all things, the giver of life, the guider of hearts, the master of the day of judgment. Now bear witness to the fact that Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his servant and final messenger. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and upon all those who choose to tread in his path until the last day. It is said that on one occasion, a sheikh sat with his students and said to them, do you want to see the distinction between the one who is a student of fiqh, a student of law and externals, and one who is a student of the heart, a student of the internal? And the students, they say that, yes, we want to see the distinction. And the sheikh says that when your first classmate comes into the room, and gives you salam, do not return that salam to him. And so their teacher has told them what to do and they follow what he has said and the student walks in and he gives his salam, assalamu alaikum, and nobody says anything. A second time he gives the salam and is met with silence and then a third time again he gives it and is met with silence and now he has gotten agitated and frustrated. And he says in his anger to his classmates, don't you know that it is fard upon you to return my salam? The sheikh, he says then, <clears throat> when the next student comes, do not return his salam either. <clears throat> and so he gives the salam as his classmate did and is also met with silence. And the second time he gives it, and the third time again, and similar to the first, he is all three times met with no response. But he says distinctly from his classmate who was offended, that did I do something to hurt you that you are not returning my salam? The idea that we can learn religion gets equated sometimes to a process that is just about rote memorization. Statistics, dates, mechanics and steps that play a role in a value, but slowly start to leave us or have a different ease in us leaving them behind when they're not situated in anything 
beyond just that rote memorization. And when we start to think about what it is that enables us to build a relationship with that knowledge in a way that it can actually be transformative, that we find undeniably within ourselves change, and not just change, but positive change, beneficial change, transformation that we can undeniably call only growth. Necessitates being able to see how it is that we fit in to our own transformative process. And when you contrast the God-centric perspectives of our religion to the egocentric norms of this society, more often the frame through which we see is one that says, where is everyone else in need of some kind of improvement? And hardly ever is it about how do I play a role in the determination of what my life will actively look like. You and I are just mere moments away from this blessing that is the month of Ramadan. May Allah make us from those who reach it and benefit from it. And many of us are in a place where we have started thinking about it weeks ago, if not months ago, and some of us are in a place where if we were honest, we would say it hasn't even crossed our minds. And our engagement of it is one that necessitates evolution, that if our approach to Ramadan this year is the same as last year, it's not that that's a problem, but if you and I are the same each and every time we engage anything, then there's not a problem with the tool or the vehicle, but we who are accessing it need to sit and reflect upon why are we not different? And how in turn what it's doing for us, why is it not different? When the Qur'an it says to us through the verse that is utilized as an evidence for the mandate of fasting. That it was written for you as it was written for those who came before you so that perhaps you might attain this thing called taqwa. This consciousness that is rooted with an understanding of divine presence that is taqwa. This mindfulness that says that you have a voice that is going to tell you you are about to fall into something that is not good, that is taqwa. This notion that you are aware of what is about to come from you and what is about to come at you and where you are taking the steps that you are walking towards what it is. It has embedded within it an idea that is hard for many of us to wrestle with. Because the purpose of fasting, giving us a potential increase in taqwa, isn't about us learning how to think or to be conscious in the sense that we don't know how to think already. But what its purpose is, is to give you and I an opportunity to have refined reflection on the consciousness that we have and to say to ourselves, why do we think about the things that we think about so much? And why is our focus and attention on the things that it is? 
that most of us sitting in this room are grown people, at least by the standards of the Sharia. That very few of us in this room are younger than the age of discernment and may Allah accept from us all of our deeds. But we have capacity and in the process of understanding what it means to attain the consciousness that Ramadan can bring to us through the vehicles that we engage in within that month, and not just fasting, but it's a month of Quran and pretty much every single page on that book, if not every other one, has a word that tells you to think, to reflect, to contemplate, to understand. You get to a place where it's teaching you not to deny the fact that you already have a faculty of thought and a process of cognition. But it's saying that through this vehicle, you're going to be able to now begin and yield for yourself a recognition that says, why is so much of it in the areas that it is? My son Kareem and I, we walk to school pretty much every day and he's three years old. His sister Medina is six and she and I and Kareem, we drop her first and then go to Kareem's and then I make my way here. And there's times when Kareem and I are talking and he asks me, what are these things? And I say to him, what do you think these things are? And the kind of responses that he gives to me I can never understand how he sees it the way that he does. So we can see taxis driving and I would see taxi after taxi. And he says, why are there so many taxis? And I said, what do you think? And he says, why do you think they're all going in the same direction? And I said, what do you think? And he said, maybe all of them have to go to the bathroom really badly. <laughs> and I said, I guess that's an option. His ability to be able to think and have perspective is rooted in his own frame of consciousness. And for me to be able to understand and yield to why he sees it in the way it necessitates me getting to a place that egocentricity and the idolization of the self has to be removed or at least acknowledged as a barrier because it teaches us in this world that is billion strong that we are the center of everything. That the I that is me and what I see and what surrounds me and that experience is what dictates and defines the only thing that I understand the world to be. We have everyone please move up. You can come in close, fill the gaps on the carpet fully in front of you, not just sitting on the tape lines, but a lot of people are going to be coming. Uh, we need to make room for them. Theoretically, 17 times a day, we turn to Allah and we ask Him and invoke Him as the Lord of the worlds. But we're not saying dunya as the world, but we're saying alameen. And the way the Arabic language functions is that when words share root letters, they usually have some type of common meaning. And so the word Muslim, the word Islam, the word Salam, it all has the root letters Salama and you can see the commonality there. 
The root of the word alameen is ilm. So how does the world relate to knowledge? Because the ilm is not a negative. And dunya is one of the things we are taught that seeks to distract us from the world beyond this one. May Allah protect us from it. But when you invoke that Lord as the Lord of the worlds, and that world that is rooted in that terminology derives itself from the same place as knowledge, it recognizes that its role is meant for you and I, distinct from amongst the rest of creation, to yield to the fact that we have consciousness and through it we can deepen our understanding by reflecting on the world in its entirety. Every single part of it can give us an access to that ilm that can allow for us to just understand more. But where do you and I factor into it? You ever drive down the street and you see people that are doing certain things and your immediate reaction is to get frustrated with them? That you need to get on the subway and somebody else is swiping at the turnstile and you don't understand why they don't know you're in a rush? That for whatever reason you gotta wait in line at a marketplace, a grocery store to pick up something that might be critical or crucial but somehow the five people in front of you are the biggest idiots in the world because they're also paying for their stuff? If I talk to my son Kareem, who every time a fire truck passes at the age of three, makes a dua that, Ya Allah, please make sure that no one is hurt. And I would say to him that, why do you think those people are in such a rush? And he would say to me that maybe somebody is sick and he's three. Maybe there's a Baba who's trying to go home to see his kid after a long days of work. He's just three. Maybe somebody has to take their mother or father to the hospital. He's just three. But to me or you, if they cut us off, there's no excuse for it. For me or you, if they close the elevator door in our face, they don't open a door for us. There's no excuse for it. As you strip away some of the aspects of dunya, and you allow for yourself to now traverse on an earthly plane that is meant to give you knowledge through all aspects of it, Think about what it means to tweak consciousness, to engage in a ritual and a practice that allows for you and I to return to the state of mindfulness that we are meant to be as human beings. That Allah, He says that for some of us, we're just like cattle. And you might have heard it over and over to a point where it goes in one ear and out the other, but hear it now, not with your mind, but hear it with your heart. If the dominant sector of your thoughts are categorically rooted in things that are just about the physical self, the acquisition of food, 
the accumulation of wealth, the gaining or engagement of sexual activity. It's not that these are things that are problematic, but if they become the sole purpose of defining who it is that we are and what it is that we pursue, then that is what it is that we're in pursuit of. And if none of it attaches itself to something that's much bigger, that exists for all time, eternally, has no finiteness to it, but it's infinite. If it doesn't even appear in the mind, how will the heart have the ability to get attached to it? And so I want to put it to you in the framework just of Ramadan. Because many of you have heard over and over and over, eat your suhoor, there is benefit in it. And I would say from the standpoint of just adjusting perspective and thinking about consciousness, not in the terms of it means that I am devoid of it, absolutely, but how do I shift it? Why would you not eat your suhoor? If the man who is sent as a messenger on behalf of the creator of all things said to you that even if you just take a sip of water, you should do it because there's blessing and barakah in it. Who are you yielding to when you decide? And not even who, but what are you saying is more important? And do you ever even think about it at all? When you let go of the Fajr prayer, not even its faraid, but just the two sunnas that the best of creation said are worth the entire world and everything in it. What are you thinking? And that's not meant rhetorically or sarcastically, but to be reflective. What are you thinking when you don't perform it? When you hesitate in extending hands, when you engage in whatever decision-making you do. And when our text talks to us about hearts that are hardened and people that live, but they're really not living, it's just like they're sleeping. What makes you and I distinct from anything else is that we have been given that faculty of thought that then in turn gives us the other responsibilities of decision-making, accountability, choices that come from us. And so you allow for yourself to just see that in this month of Ramadan, I want it to be a transformative experience. I don't know what the last days have been like for you, but it seems like Shaitan is on a mission, man. The kind of things that I've seen myself doing that I thought I wouldn't do ever again. The words that have come out of my mouth. The type of thoughts that have interjected themselves into my head. And not just of the things that I've done, but the things that I've kept myself from doing that in retrospect, I wonder, why did I not do them? If you are not coming for yourself, know that he is coming for you. 
And when he does not have the same access to us in that blessed month and the moments are just near that he has access to to come and get us, you and I are not beyond it. May Allah protect us from those whispers. But if you don't see how it is that it's given to us as a way to return to what it was that we were meant to be, This body that you and I have, the flesh that if you just ever look at it, firstly, it's beautiful because Allah said He made it beautiful. And so when you see inside of yourself and you start by looking external to yourself, it doesn't have to be through a mode of self-deprecation, but when you start to look deeply and ponder upon it, do you believe that you are just these fingers that you have, these arms that you have, this badan, this jasad that you have, is that you? Or do you believe the verse that says that your Lord made this being out of mud, out of dirt? something of this earth but after he made it he then blew into it from his own spirit something from an other world do you believe that that soul that spirit that lives within this body is just going through its journey in this dunya to get back to where it came from or do you believe that this is just it? That you are this? Or are you something that this cannot even hold because of how powerful it is what you actually are? I know for me, I want this Ramadan to be about my inside. I want to make a determination to have set for myself a perspective that recognizes my strengths as well as my non-strengths and the capacity that I have to make mistakes so that I could grow through that understanding and what I do good, I want to do better. I want this Ramadan to be the first of many Ramadans and if it's the last Ramadan that I'm blessed to even get to and Allah knows best if I'm going to even make it. A Ramadan that reminds me that my place is not in pursuit of this place, but my place is to be in pursuit of the best of places beyond this world. So I want my Ramadan to be a reminder for me that my soul is longing to go back to that Jannah. That I want to go and engage the book that teaches me how it is that I should be so that I could be more awake and not walking around mindlessly and mechanically like so many who are in denial of what it is that really offers meaning and purpose. And then when I pray my prayer, it's not going to be a distraction that I rush through because I know that it's a vehicle for me to just get closer to something of blessing and beauty. That my fast will not be the fast that is just about thirst in my throat and hunger in my stomach, but it will be the fast where I fast from negative thoughts, I fast from complaining, I fast from arrogance, I fast from condescension, I fast from vulgarity and committing atrocity. I fast from thinking that I'm better than others. 
and I fast from the foolish notions that tell me that I am worse than I actually am and that there is nothing good that I have within me. I fast from the idea that my God does not want anything other than the best for me. And that somehow this world will give me everything that I'm in need of. But my fast will be about recognizing that I am made for a world that is much bigger and better than this. What are you going to bring to your Ramadan? And how are you going to make sure that you don't leave any of those days and nights behind without taking from it everything that you can? What are you going to take from it and put into it so that you can get out of it what it is that you are entitled and deserve to take from it? And as a starting point, our God has told us that the acts that He has given as a means of gain for us within it are about reevaluating how it is that we simply just see things. Spend some time with yourself these last couple of days before that month starts and make decisions and determinations that set for yourself standards for you that you know you want to achieve and break so that you can gain as much as you can. And then within that, you take every day of those weeks of that blessed month as a means through which you understand that they play a role, not just in terms of how we engage each other and ourselves in this world, but with the reality that they will play a role in determining where it is that we go when we leave from this place. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله تعالى فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمدا عبده ورسول إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وفي الآخرين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فافعنا يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم جعلنا من المخلصين اللهم جعلنا من المخلصين اللهم جعلنا من المخلصين we begin this supplication in your name ya Allah and beseech you to send your choicest salutations upon your most beloved sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wasallam we ask that you shower your infinite mercy upon this gathering granting each and every one who is present here in and our loved ones only the best in this world and the best in the next we ask ya Allah that if all of us are meant to be together only at this time at this place 
whether we are young or old, male or female, regardless of our race, our ethnicity, our social class, our country of origin, our cultural heritage, whether we are Muslim or come from a different walk of life, Ya Rabbi, if our individual hearts are meant to be in the presence of all other hearts that are gathered here only at this time, at this place, then gather us all together again in the best of places in the world beyond this one. We ask, Ya Allah, that you make us each one from amongst those who reach this blessed month of Ramadan. We ask, Ya Allah, that you make us from amongst those who benefit from its blessed days and blessed nights. That through its barakah, Ya Allah, you draw us closer to an understanding of ourselves so that we might understand you better. That we ask, Ya Allah, that for every dua that we make in that blessed month, you accept it and put khair into it. For every word of every verse of every page of your book that we read, we hear, we listen to, we ponder and reflect upon, that you grant us an increase through each and every one of them. That through that month, Ya Allah, you bring healing to our hearts and you make us a source of healing for others. That through it, Ya Allah, you increase us in our generosity and enable us to be a means of benefit for your creation. That through it, Ya Allah, you grant us a deep understanding of those things that are unseen and intangible. That you give us the aspiration to find true purpose and meaning. And you allow for us to be from amongst those who benefit from all of its blessings in its entirety. We ask Ya Allah that for those who will be observing that blessed month and they find themselves still in the midst of deep conflict and trial and tribulation of any kind that you make things easy for them. Our brothers and sisters who are force-fed when the sun is out in countries and regimes that are trying to strip them from their deen and their relationship to it. Our brothers and sisters who find themselves unjustly incarcerated and they will do their best to fast without being able to tell whether the sun is up or down. Our brothers and sisters who have been separated from their family members and long to see the embrace of their children and share a meal with them the way they might have once and the way that we have the choice of doing but we step away from for all types of foolish irritations and agitations. Our brothers and sisters who find themselves in true hunger and starvation that they have no choice whether they will eat or not whether the sun is up or down. We ask Ya Allah that you make things easy for all of them, that you make things easy for all of us, for our brothers and sisters who this will be their first Ramadan. We ask Ya Allah that you make it from amongst the best of their experiences, that you grant them ease and allow for us to be their supporters and helpers. For our brothers and sisters who will find within themselves the courage and strength to venture into a masjid of any kind in hopes of building a relationship with you and are worried and afraid that they might be judged or pushed away or do anything wrong. Ya Allah, make things easy for them and help us to be those who remember even at the end of a long day of fasting how important our smiles are when we greet those who come towards us whether we know them or not. How important it is that we embody whatever characteristics of yours that we are able to in our limited capacity. Make us reminders of your mercy. 
Make us reminders of your love. Make us reminders of your gentleness. Make us reminders of your compassion. Make us reminders of having hope in you. And through us, Ya Allah, bring others closer to you. Ya Allah, accept our dua. Ya Allah, accept our dua. Ya Allah, accept our dua. Protect us always from hearts that are not humble, tongues that are not wise, and eyes that have forgotten how to cry. Forgive us for our shortcomings and guide and bless us all. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samiul alim wa tub alayna ya maulana innaka anta tawabur rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khari khalqihi muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin wa akimu salat If you enjoyed or benefited from this podcast, donate and support the Islamic Center at NYU at www.icnyu.org slash donate.